0: And welcome to this week's edition of Megan Fun of Sports. I'm so excited about this show because we have some big, 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 big news. Um, And we'll just get right to it. So, we've missed her, we love her. Megan Gailey had a baby, she set a world record for the longest time pregnant of 13 months, and she's also going to set a record for the shortest maternity leave because our girl, Megan Gailey, is coming back, joining us on Megan Fun of Sports next week. We are so excited, so if you've gotten sick of listening to me, if you've gotten sick of Dave Damashek, if you hated Harry, don't worry. They're never coming back. Megan is coming back, and we could say goodbye to everybody else, but today you're stuck with me, Megan Connolly, and Eddie Spaghetti, our producer. We're so excited to have Megan back, right?
1: Yeah, we were just texting about it yesterday. I was like, it's it's incredible how uh, Megan's uh, like setting the new standard for what moms have to do. Like, she's as busy as can be with the baby, and and like is getting right back into the workflow. And it's just it's incredible, and we're very excited to hear all the the fun stories and you know, obviously her takes on on sports and, and culture and things of that nature. So uh, it's it's awesome. I, I can't believe it was like this quick.
0: I know when she texted saying she was gonna come back. I was like, "Are you are you sure? Like <laughs> I'm excited because I want you back right now, no, but totally. I also don't want you to jump the gun on this thing."
1: So. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I mean, look. If I guess maybe the working from home thing makes it a little bit easier, and I, I know she has help with with, uh, with CJ there, but it's uh, it's a hey, it's good for us and it's good for our listeners. So that's yeah, great.
0: it's awesome. Let's go. Megan is the best. So today we have a really fun show. We're gonna talk about a little NFL news. We'll give out our best bets. We'll do Megan's moron of the week. Um, we have Amina Smith on. You guys remember Amina Smith? She was with us at the beginning of the NBA playoffs when we didn't know what was going to happen to the Celtics team. Now we know the Celtics are facing the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. So we have Amina on to give us a little preview and tell us the mood around Boston as it relates to the Celtics. But before we get to all of that, we have to recap something very important. Eddie Spaghetti turned 30, and he had a birthday party in Malibu. Megan and I were texting, as we do. We text all the time. It's actually really cool because people ask me, how do you know Megan? And I say, well, we do a show together. And they said, how'd you pick her? And I'm like, well, we were set up. It was a blind date set up by Sal. And now she's legitimately become one of my like closer friends via text. So we're texting as your birthday party is going on. We're obsessed with Jada. This podcast is obsessed with Jada. So I was showing her Jada's Instagram stories. She made a cute little car- charcuterie board. I want to date Jada. I mean, she's like she threw you the party of the decade at this house in Malibu. Tell us about it. And then I have an idea about how we're going to get back to Malibu
1: uh it was a it was a great time obviously uh wish you were local in LA could have attended and same with May uh Megan Gailey obviously busy with her her baby would have been great to have everyone there but uh, a few members of the EP crew came which is always great got a chance to meet my family they were very excited for that and uh had some friends from around town come there but yeah my my family and And my girlfriend, Jada, they set up this place, found a place in Malibu. It was just, you know, we were thinking, like, what to do uh, uh, that day, you know, with with the weekend. Like, is it do we rent out, like, a restaurant? Did we just get, like, a a place where we could all kind of hang out? It just kind of worked out that my family, obviously, uh, traveling from New York to to stay at a a house together and got a pretty good deal on a place, and there was no really rules or restrictions. So it was a really fun weekend. No rules. Uh, In the sun. Well, yeah, you know how, like, Airbnbs are lately where it's, like, Hey, we're gonna charge you a cleaning fee. But then, if you leave stuff behind, we're also gonna charge you. It's just like the c- cameras everywhere. This place, on I think actually we didn't use Airbnb. We used Verbo. And they were very just like, yeah, show up, party. And I would say they were really nice. We were clean and everything. It wasn't a rowdy thing. It was just, you know, I'm 30. It's not like a 21-year-old uh, crazy bash, but uh, a lot of adults there. Uh, good, clean, fun. Uh, very nice weather. And, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, really a, a special weekend. I, I was, like, overwhelmed. I don't like when I'm the center of attention, so it was very nice to, to do that. And we had a, we had a great time together.
0: It makes me laugh that you said there were a lot of adults there. Because you and I are in that same phase of life where I'm like, wait, me? I'm the adult.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's why I hated turning thirty. I like, I hate looking at myself as an adult. I'm not. I'm definitely not an adult. Uh, it, trust me. And, and I'm glad you at least have the same thought process where it's like, no, no, no I understand. Like late twenties, early thirties. Like, no, it's not, not yet, not an adult.
0: Yeah, it is. It is a weird dynamic. So I'm just gonna read you a little excerpt from uh, Megan and I's text from Saturday. Um, I said, I'm obsessed with Eddie's girlfriend. She's becoming a frequent topic on the show. She threw Eddie a birthday party, it looks like, at this beautiful house in Malibu. I think I want to marry her. And she goes, wow, it's my dream to have a Malibu birthday. How do all of these men get so lucky? And then I said to Megan, let's make up a dumb excuse and tell Sal that we need to rent a house in Malibu for an exclusive podcast with a big-time guest. We'll write up a whole pitch and then end up just throwing you a birthday party, and we'll get a cool video that they can post on extra points for content. So now this is our plan. We need to have a big-time exclusive guest that we wine and dine, and we tell our boss, Sal, who's probably not listening to this, Maybe he is listening to this last week. He told me that he listens while he jogs and I don't think Sal does much jogging. So I think it's all a lie and that he's not listening, but let's come up with this pitch, Eddie, and we're going to have a big time guest at a house in Malibu, but it's all fake and we'll just throw a party. What do you think?
1: Well, I uh, Sal's a very physically fit man who works out at the Bay Club with us, so I have to defend him there. But he, he, he uh, yeah. I mean, we could, we, we should move out of the Manhattan Beach Studios and just uh, have a, the, the Malibu uh, warehouse for for extra points there. I mean, I was thinking too, as you were saying, like, even though it's not a real guest, like I wonder who the actual like white whale guest would be of the network. Like, is, is it someone in the Cowboys? Is it somebody in the Mets? Obviously, I'm just thinking of who. Sal roots for, but I mean Michael Jordan's always up there. But that would be like somehow we booked a, a major A plus plus guest. And like, like yeah, the Tony, yeah, but I feel like Tony would come on because like they're they're friends. So maybe I'm, I don't know, but yeah, I mean Malibu is a great way to you know like the, the the guest only would do. You could get Avril Levine.
0: She lives in Malibu.
1: I think, like most of celebrities have places uh, over in Malibu, and I understand why I mean, it's the great when when there's not the marine layer and it's not sixty five degrees, it is the best place to, to so to see
0: you kind of. Threw a little curveball to me here because you're like, I think we should move out of the Manhattan Beach studio. Like, I live in Orlando, Florida. I think I would cut off my arm to be in Manhattan Beach, let alone Malibu. Like, I'll take anywhere. I think you are a little desensitized to Malibu because you're just so close yeah, to it.
1: That's that's true. And I also I don't want to move out of the Manhattan Beach studios just yet because we are actively trying to get into uh, several Star Wars pictures, which I'm not sure I want to say about. It, but be an they, extra.
0: De- I have a little Princess filming. Leia thing going on today. I know the listeners can't see, but I. I have um, these little these little hair buns. So I think today would be my day to, to be a stunt double.
1: Yeah, we are all trying to just like kind of walk in the stage and dress up as, a, as an extra of some in, in some Star Wars project, and we're all, we're all dying to do that.
0: Okay, well, um, keep us posted on that. And also, listeners, if you have any special guests, any connection to anybody that could get us to Malibu, we'll invite you to the party. You're more than welcome to come. Okay, let's go through our best bets tonight. By the time you listen to this, this will be over. But the Celtics are playing the Miami Heat. I like the Heat in this one. I would just take the money line because the Celtics are a little unpredictable. Um, But as far as this playoffs go, this is my bet of the playoffs for the Eastern Conference Finals. You can get it on FanDuel. It's Tatum, Brown, and Smart. Average 70-plus points combined in the series. So if you do the math, that's just... A tick over 23 points. It's like 23 and a half points, 24 points per game. They're both all averaging that. You can get plus money on that. So it's plus 145. That's my bet for the Eastern Conference Finals. Eddie, what's your best bet?
1: Uh, I'll stick with that series and just give out a couple things I do like. I mean, I like the Celtics to win that series. Uh, they're minus 175 to win it, but obviously it's not the greatest number. What we do have, though, also on FanDuel is you have the series uh, correct score for three games. And I think Celtics. Up two one is it's plus one thirty eight. I think it's a safe bet. Um, you know, like you're you're mentioning, like you know, there's a long series versus the the Bucks. Obviously, you're defending the guy like Giannis, who is one of the best players in the league, if not the best player in the league. A team that has won a title. Uh, the Heat are all rested, so they, I, I could see the Heat taking the game. But I think the Celtics are the better team. I think they're a more complete team. Obviously, especially when they're healthy, and their ability to score is what's gonna you know put them. Uh, a tick above the, the heat. I, I do think it'll be a fun series, probably a six or seven game series, but I think after three games, two, one, uh, I do like the the Celtics there and I could just go through some hockey bets. I like too. I think some of these series are pretty easy, but uh, the avalanche, no fun in betting them. They're the, they're humongous favorite and they should be, they're going to win that series. But another, another after three, I think the blues will steal the game. Uh, you get plus money on that uh, with, with the, the, uh, Avalanche plus uh, one twelve. Avalanche up to Blues one game. I think that's the one that uh, I would take. The Flames minus one ninety four. They're going to beat up on the Oilers. They're just the, the more complete team. The Oilers uh, on the brink of probably breaking up this Dreisaitl McDavid duo. Uh, so I like them to win their series. I said in the on minus three also. Why I like the The Rangers, to you know, they, the Rangers could make this a long series, but the Hurricanes have had their number. They're minus two ten to win the series. Rangers plus one seventy two. I'd probably take the Canes in this one, just because they've had their number, and the Rangers did not look great at all versus, versus Pittsburgh. That's why that series went to seven games. Uh, when the Rangers were the much better team the regular season, and for the Battle of Florida, uh, the Panthers really shaky versus a not good Capitals team. The Lightning beat a team, the Leafs. A lot of people had going the Stanley Cup Finals. The Lightning, the back to back champions, are plus one thirty four. Mm-hmm. To win the series, I like the lighting to win that series versus Panthers. They are the more complete team. Andre Vasilevsky, arguably the best goal in the NHL, does not lose games after a, a loss. He'll always find a way to rebound. And uh, I just think they're the complete team. The Panthers are a high flying team that seemed to, uh, it, it didn't really work versus the Capitals, who are a team on the brink of missing the playoffs. So I do like the lighting in this one. So those are some bets I, I, I do like that are going on now. It's a fun time in sports. I mean, NBA and NHL, uh, you know, these, these great series.
0: It's um it's a great time before we head into the dog days of summer, where yep. we have just baseball. But right now, it really couldn't get much better. I'm not a hockey person, as we've talked about before, but I did watch that overtime game on Sunday night. And about five minutes before he hit the game winner, I decided that Johnny Hockey is my favorite player. And so... I think it's going well for me so far in my in my early days as a Johnny hockey fan. So yeah, shout out to you and Dave Damashek for introducing me to Johnny hockey.
1: Well, Goudreau went to Boston College, and I'm a Boston University guy, so he's not uh, he's not on my good list. But he's a very good hockey player. Uh, the, the Flames are a great team. They they had a I mean that was. <clears throat> A hell of a set, game seven. The, the the goaltender of the Stars stopping like uh, tons of shots. I think their the uh, Flames coach Al Suter said like I think we had hundreds of shots. We deserved to win that game. Um, they're going to be a, they're going to be a tough out. And I think Edmonton was on the brink versus the Kings. They're not a, you know a great team. I think it's going to be a tough series for the Oilers. So the Flames, if you're going to ride with them, Megan, I think it's a good pick.
0: Absolutely. All right, time for Megan's Moron of the Week. If you've been paying attention to sports, you know that Pat Beverly has been all over the news throughout the NBA. At first, it was during the playoffs when he over-celebrated when Minnesota won their playoff game and they won the play-in game. Everybody gave him shit for that. I don't give him shit for that because Minnesota, they haven't done anything good in a long time. So Pat Beverly can celebrate, but he loves to make headlines and he loves to push buttons. And his latest action happened on first take, It might have been on get up. Those two confuse me because they go back to back. And sometimes Stephen A goes on get up. And sometimes Greeny. I don't know if Greeny really goes on first take. He doesn't seem like a first take guy. But anyways, Pat Bev was on both shows. And he doesn't like Chris Paul. In case you forgot, last year during the NBA playoffs, there was a situation when Pat Bev was playing for the Clippers. And he pushed Chris Paul. It looked like a fight was going to break out. These two don't like each other. But like him or not, Chris Paul is one of the best players in the NBA. Um, He's a future Hall of Famer, I would say. He's respected. He's a leader. But Pat Bev has no respect for Chris Paul whatsoever. And he said so on first take. He referred to Pat Bev as not being able to play defense and referred to him as basically a cone is what he said a cone that you do drills around because he can't defend anyone and said that he should get the ben simmons treatment so pat bev you are my moron of the week because this is just very bold and honestly it kind of makes maybe you're not a moron though because it kind of makes me more excited for the next time these two players meet because i love this kind of gossip what do you think
1: With with Pat Beverly, is he like the number one uh, guy, maybe even all time, like of I want on my team, but hate to play him if he's on the other team in the NBA? He's like AJ
0: Prasinski. I loved having him on the White Sox, but if you don't have him, you really hate him. Honestly, Marcus Smart has a little bit of that, too.
1: He does, but I don't think he's in the level of, like, hate nationally as Patrick yeah. Beverly. Like, Patrick Beverly for – and this is, you know, no uh, – take not to take shots at him, but he's known for his defense, but a guy of his skill level being, like, this well-known in the NBA and a league full of stars, it's it's pretty incredible how he, like, kind of rose to this thing. Like, at least – Trying to think. like a guy like Draymond Green, like he's not he's not going to score fifty points every night like Steph Curry would or like a Giannis could carry a team. But Draymond Green does everything very well. Like he is a very well-rounded player. Patrick Beverly is like not really even close to that, no. and somehow he's like in the news constantly. Like he he's like in the role. That you mostly see in hockey with like these like agitator guys, kind of like a Sean Avery of, of that Ilka. He was a, a pretty popular guy that, that was you know a third line player. So like Patrick Beverly is kind of like that where he's. Just I feel like, like hockey guys headlines. do it
0: more respectfully though.
1: Sure, yeah, that's that's fair. Like yeah.
0: Pat Bev struck up called Chris Paul trash. Yeah. Which listen, Chris Paul played like trash in Game Seven. He only had ten points. They didn't deserve to win that series because of him. And you have to do better when you're Chris Paul playing for the Suns, trying to win your first championship. But is he really a defensive cone? I don't think so.
1: No, I, I mean, it's he's uh, an all time trash talker. Uh, you know, it's it's he he gets down the player's skin. And that's that's his role in the league. And that's uh, he's always going to rub people the wrong way. Fans and players and coaches. But, uh, like, I guess there's a place for him. There's a place for his role. That's why, you know, he keeps getting signed uh, to, to certain teams. People want him. You just hate to play against him.
0: So I'm giving him Moron of the Week, but he might not be a moron because now whenever he's on TV, I'm going to watch.
1: Oh, yeah, it definitely is. That, that is must watch. Maybe it right of...
0: playing, but whenever he's talking on TV, I'm watching.
1: I could uh, I could throw it a, a moron of the week too, and I, I kind of gave it away uh, talking about the birthday thing. But it got me thinking when we're making the rundown, um, and I was texting you that the the house you rented was a, a Verbo on the app, so it's like an Uber Lyft situation, Airbnb Verbo. But like if you're renting a house or letting people rent a house or a space you have, uh, and you know it's meant for people to who are on vacation, you know whatever. I, people who rent houses and put all these extra fees in and put cameras and watch you and criticize what you do. It's just like, you're obviously not equipped mentally to then have people rent your space. And I'm not saying that you can go in there and trash a place I'm saying is just like, you know, especially in the times that we were in just two years ago, where people were using Airbnb as like an escape from uh, the world during like, you know, COVID and the pandemic, you want to go somewhere you want to enjoy yourself for a bit of time, which, uh, and they made it harder for you because of all these rules and stuff. So if you have, cameras all over the house and you have all these uh, over the top rules and uh, restrictions and for people who are just trying to go on a, an affordable vacation Airbnb is not becoming affordable so basically a moron is somebody that rents a house and you have all these rules and you're uh, like let, not letting people enjoy themselves on a weekend where they're paying you good money I think is absolutely absurd and I was very lucky to not have to deal with that but it, it did get me to think of those people who do that on Airbnb are morons
0: yeah let people enjoy themselves um I hear you on that one Airbnbs, they used to be a good find, a good it, deal. It I don't flipped. think they are anymore.
1: They're, they're not. Hotels are the way to go.
0: I know, and I always just do the points with hotels, mm-hmm. so it's a no-brainer. But I do like the idea. I mean, you had a pool, you had a view, you had all of these great things.
1: Yeah, nothing went wrong. And But if we, it was an Airbnb, we, we had to cancel out other Airbnb options because there was too many restrictions.
0: And I like the idea that you have a kitchen, too, so you can cook, you can do all of the things. Hmm. Airbnbs are more appealing, but they're just—are they worth the price?
1: No, the the, the price, the the hidden cameras, the the extra fees for cleaning. Even though you're, if you leave a mess, they're going to charge you anyway. Mm-hmm. I've had—I uh, could do a whole podcast on bad airbnb incidences where they would contact us after the fact it's just it's insane and like i said hotels now are they used to be not the way to go now hotels are the way to go because airbnb has just got too big for their britches
0: well i think everyone is trying to be like a landlord everyone wants an investment property but the right. reality is not everyone's meant to have an investment property
1: right i, mean, uh, I know exactly. we all want
0: one i mean i want a—I want a birthday party in malibu it's gonna happen we're gonna plan it
1: we'll do it um
0: okay let's take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and talk about the nfl Okay, we are back. Oh, my God. These quarterbacks in the NFL are so needy. Jesus Christ. First, we had Brady. Then we had all these guys floating out rumors about everything. No one is more needy than Tom Brady. No one. Absolutely nobody. But Drew Brees was in the news this week. He's no longer going to be at NBC, which he had one year. And we just saw Tom Brady get a 10-year deal with Fox. And after one year, NBC said, thanks, but no thanks, Drew. You weren't very good at this. Goodbye. So it makes you wonder, is Tom Brady going to be good at TV when he goes to Fox? I know it's a different role, but still, you got to wonder. Anyways, Drew is done with NBC. So he puts out this statement where he basically just says, you know, I don't know what's next. I could spend time with my family. I could go back and play football. I could go do really anything and I will let you all know. So now everybody kind of wonders like he's not really coming back is he? He's got nothing left but would someone sign him? I don't know maybe he's Drew Brees. What do you make of all of this? I I just think these guys how much more attention do you need? How much
1: So to start off with the announcing portion, especially me being a Notre Dame fan, Drew Brees was doing Notre Dame games on NBC, but with Mike Tirico. Now, when you're obviously paired with Mike Tirico, I mean, there's very few people that could supersede him. Like Mike Tirico is really one of the best ever at play by play. So I was very fortunate to listen to him. I don't think really I don't think Brees added all that much. Also Mm -hmm. find this weird disconnect of a guy that was a quarterback at Purdue uh, doing Notre Dame games. But now Doug Flutie did do it. Um, But I found Doug Flutie a little bit more interesting. Obviously, he went to Boston College, but I, I, I found him to be able to fill in that role Uh, so breeze was weird. He was pretty vanilla. He wasn't, didn't really add too much. I thought maybe there's a chance of him being like a, a a Tony Romo light. Uh, obviously drew breeze, you know, you, you're not a quarterback in the NFL for as long as he is with kind of like his physical limitations Mm -hmm. without being super smart. I'm like, he's going to probably break down these defenses, especially in college. Um, never really got that. It wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. And obviously people seeing him nationally thought kind of the same thing so now if he actually was serious about coming back to the nfl it i thought it was a complete joke but martin did say something pretty interesting on on extra points on on monday and he was like well if he came back to the saints let's just say the nfc south is like not like it's full of juggernauts uh outside of tampa and you're like well even if tampa struggles because they did lose some pieces or if tampa even wins the division like maybe just because the nfc south is not that great the saints can somehow get into a wild card spot and i thought. It's pretty interesting. I mean, look, the, the Falcons right now, their quarterback situation is a mess. Yep. Uh, the Panthers, you could say the same exact thing. So, like, it, it, I, I, you know, if Drew Brees was a saint. And they, you know, they made some nice moves in the draft too. The Saints, they could, I could see them finishing second and, and who knows what happens with, you know, old Tom Brady and and the, this kind of new looks Bucks team without Bruce Arians. So I think think it was a good point. There's
0: going to be a day. I know a lot, maybe there won't, I don't know. I just keep, I keep telling myself there's going to be a day where Tom Brady wakes up and he just doesn't have it anymore. It happened to Breeze. It happened to Peyton Manning. It happened to Roethlisberger. It happens to everybody. It just hasn't happened to Brady yet. Um, it's gonna happen. I still I still think it is going to happen. He is superhuman, so maybe it doesn't, but I think there is a situation where it makes sense and you look at it, there's not a lot of great quarterbacks out there. I know Baker's gonna go somewhere. Jimmy Garoppolo's probably gonna go somewhere, but other than that, like you want Cam Newton? No, thank right. you. Um yeah, it's not I mean, who knows? I just am like, guys, can you just go away? Because if you never leave, I'm not gonna be able to miss you. Like Drew Brees, we had the goodbye tour. It was wonderful. I like Drew Brees. He seems like a nice family man. He was on TV. He stole the show because of his birthmark and his hair coloring. He never really did anything for me on TV. But I mean, now maybe he'll be in the NFL again. I don't know. Jesus. I guess if the money's there, I understand it. But like, or the pickleball tour.
1: Oh yeah, he did. He
0: did mention pickleball. I'd watch
1: that. I love pickleball. I'd watch that. That'd be great.
0: Pickleball's making a comeback.
1: It's 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 awesome. It's better than tennis. It's, I mean, it's easier than tennis, but I, I love it. Do you I have a keep pickleball score
0: sp- the same way as tennis?
1: Uh, no, I okay. think, uh, I don't believe so. I, I At least I don't, but I have a pickleball set I do play. It is it is fun, so I'd love to see Drew Brees try out a new venture. Although, he doesn't want to, you know, maybe be a wild card for the Saints, but that's fine too.
0: We should do a extra points pickleball tournament.
1: We, we have a set, actually, in our studio. Scott Holmes, the Grizz, bought it, and we were trying to go, so... Um. It would, yeah, it'd be good. We'll train to maybe that we'll, we'll play Drew Brees. Ball. That could be our interview. Is get Drew Brees to Malibu, play some pickleball with him. That's the that's yes. the way.
0: Yes. Honestly, I think we should do that. And then once he leaves, we'll throw the party. So that will work. Okay. Um. So Drew Brees. We don't know what's going to happen, but that was in the news this week. The other quarterback that is in the news is Deshaun Watson. So we all know the story about Deshaun Watson and um, the allegations brought against Deshaun Watson. 22 women, um, I don't know, this is probably a bad joke to make, but like redefine the all 22. I don't know, I don't know if we're there yet that we can joke about this. But anyways, Deshaun Watson... The ruling is supposed to come out this week on his suspension. So this brings a lot of questions to the Browns. How long is he going to be suspended for? Will it be five games? Will it be six games? Will it be eight games? What is it going to be? It's going to come out this week. And then the question is, what happens to Baker Mayfield? Is Baker Mayfield going to start for this Browns team? I mean, it doesn't seem like he really wants to, but is he going to have a choice? Do the Browns trust him to be in that situation? But then, here's the kicker, and this is, this is funny to me. If we can't laugh about this, I don't know what we can laugh about. Deshaun Watson, the week that all of this news is coming out, controversial news, it's going to affect his future, it's going to affect his team, he decides that he's bringing the offense to the Bahamas for a workout during this week. So obviously this is an interesting situation because you bring in this quarterback that comes with a whole lot of baggage and then he just says, okay guys, we're gonna go to the Bahamas to have some team chemistry. Eddie, if you're in the team, are you going to the Bahamas with Deshaun?
1: Megan, this is such a weird <laughs> dynamic. This is like so much to unpack here because, like, he's meeting with the, I think they said in Texas, he's meeting with league officials this week. So it's like, okay, you're going to, he may know his fate or what the, the, the punishment is. Uh, I think we're all hoping it's it's quite severe. So now let's just put, your, well, put ourselves in the shoes of a Browns offensive player who gets the invite. Well, number one, I don't know. I mean, we don't know the list yet. Maybe it's leaked now of who has been invited, but I'm positive there's still some people on the offense who are like, no, I'm kind of like Baker. I think what happened to Baker is a, is, a, is pretty bad. I think he didn't get – a he got a, kind of a raw deal. He was <clears throat> he was injured last year, and you're feeling that way. Also bringing a guy like Deshaun Watson, who obviously is a lightning rod of, of, uh, of takes because of, of his past, you might feel weird about that. So you're like, okay, so now my guy that I did like is kind of being ousted in kind of an unfairly way. Now you have Deshaun Watson coming in, who some players may not respect or want to play with, so you have that to deal with. So mm-hmm. now he's meeting with the league. Now he's bringing them down to the Bahamas, and it was like, all right, we're gonna, I'm gonna pay for. We're gonna come down there and work out. And like my first thing I'm thinking was like, well, he's gonna probably get suspended and miss X amount of games. So it's like, what are we really working on here? Because I'm not gonna be playing football with you. Maybe not this entire season. Maybe let's just say if it's half a season. Okay, cool. You're coming back in November. So now you're working out in May in Bahamas. And then the last thing is like. Who really wants to do any football activities in the Bahamas? Like th- this to me reeks of a guy who is just like, I know some bad stuff's going to come down about me. So I'm just going to bring it, a- bring everyone to this. tropical place to forget all about to go about ex- on ex- vacation. With exactly. An
0: all expense paid, all inclusive trip to the Bahamas with Deshaun Watson. So we can plan the 2023 Super Bowl run for the Cleveland Browns.
1: It it it's just like I mean it, it's such a bizarre thing to do because like you have like you said you it's all about chemistry it's you want to, you want to gel with your teammates I understand that but like okay cool you went to Bahamas in May and then he's, it's going to be like well he's suspended for an entire season or he's suspended for ten games like all right, I we'll think it'll be six like five months. to
0: six games and I think really? there's going okay. to be outrage and everybody's going to be upset and and I get it they should be upset but I don't make the decisions in the league and if the Cleveland Browns didn't sign him. Any one of the other NFL teams was going to sign him, so this was bound to happen. Um, it's it's not a good look for the Browns. It wouldn't be a good look for any team. But this guy was going to play in the NFL. We know that. That's that's how these things work. Sure,
1: but, I mean, in morale, in locker rooms, and chemistry is a big thing. It's like also weird to think about who, who did he invite. Like, did he invite just the skill guys and not the offensive line? Did he invite all the offensive line? Did he did some like skill guys who also play special teams not get the invite? It's just a weird like I I feel like Deshaun Watson's a guy who knows there's a lot of heat on him and he's just trying to do what he thinks is the best to kind of ingratiate himself to this team but I still think this move could backfire it's a, it's a strange thing to do and it's it's totally unnecessary as well especially the week that he's meeting with the leagues for crimes he you know committed so it's a very it's it's very strange
0: yeah I'm with you it is strange it will be interesting to see if any content comes out about their trip to the Bahamas and and what, what and what comes out of that um Another great upstanding citizen in the NFL made headlines this week, Antonio Brown. He says he wants to retire as a Steeler. This is like one of the most hilarious things in the world because he was Brady's boy. He came to New England with Brady. He lived in Brady's house in New England, and then he follows Brady to Tampa. And, you know, they were together. They win a Super Bowl together. He runs off the field, throws his jersey off, has a complete meltdown temper tantrum, and then he just decides, you know what, where everything went well and where I didn't make any headlines was with the Steelers, and I'm going to retire a Steeler. I mean, we remember when he left the Steelers, he went to Oakland and had that whole shoe thing with his feet and then the Instagram post, and then he's a patriot for two weeks, and then he gets shipped out of town, and then all of a sudden he's back with his boy Brady. But I would think the place you want to retire is probably where you won a Super Bowl, right?
1: I I would totally agree with that. I also think, you know, I think he came out after saying, like, oh I don't want to play there ever again. I just want to retire as a Steeler or with the Steelers. Like one of those, like, one-day contract things. I think he kind of walked it back because uh, to just not create another media storm. But I think that deep down he was meaning, I want to play with the Steelers again. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously all you have to do is just, you know, who was the quarterback of the Steelers? It was Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger and him, at the end of it, did not get along. Nope. Ben Roethlisberger retires. Now the quarterback room is Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Mason Rudolph. And my guess is that there's enough guys on the team or enough guys in the, within the organization that Antonio Brown is okay with. Obviously, the way he exited his Tampa Bay career was, I mean, really as strange <laughs> as it could be. Uh, so, I, so I'm like, while you're right, in most 99 99- Point nine percent of people were like, oh, I want to ring with this team. I'm going to retire with them. I think AB was like, well, i want to go back to where I was comfortable, where I had my best seasons. And the guy who was a thorn in my side, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, I think he's like, okay, I can go there now, maybe with Kenny Pickett and I could play a bit. And then when people reacted badly, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I've just meant retiring. One day contract just meant retiring. So <laughs> well, AB, AB is there crazy. Are,
0: there are players who it's like, you know what, whatever you want, go wherever you need to go but you know that you're always a stealer or you're always mm-hmm. a patriot. And when the time comes, you let us know and we'll have you come back. You'll sign your one-day contract and you can retire. I don't think Antonio Brown is this level player whatsoever. Wow. I mean, talent-wise, absolutely. But what he means to a franchise, people are like, dude, just just go. Like you, You didn't earn that honor to come back and mean something to a franchise. Everyone is kind of like, yeah, he played here, but we really don't want to talk about it. Because it's embarrassing for the franchise. I mean, not embar- I mean, he made these plays. Whatever the the athletic side isn't embarrassing, but the off the field stuff is embarrassing. But Mike Tomlin knew how to handle this guy because before he left the Steelers, we all thought he was pretty normal.
1: I I think it's definitely that. I think it's uh, Brown wants to go back there because of Mike Tomlin and whoever else is on that staff that he knows that they just handled him the best. I think reversely, like the Steelers are probably like, there's just no shot. You're coming back here. No. I mean, you're you're going to come in here into this in this room, this locker room, and mess up our rookie uh, quarterback, Kenny Pickett here, like have another crazy guy. And there's just no shot they want him him back there. Again, just A.B. just trying to stay in the news like he always does. Uh, and he only has himself to blame because of his exits in the past team. So I, I think, unfortunately for him, there will be no Steelers reunion.
0: Oh, NFL players, whether you're a quarterback that just needs attention or Antonio Brown that just needs attention, just stop. Please. All right. Thank you for – coming to this TED Talk. Okay, we're gonna welcome on Amina Smith to talk everything Celtics. All right, please welcome on our guest. We've had her on before, she's back again because the Celtics keep winning, Miss Amina Smith. Amina, how you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm still trying to recover from Game 7. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm a little hungover. That's my first like Game 7 inside of TD Garden, and it was an experience unlike anything else. So uh, trying am still trying to gather myself from Game 7 and get ready for Game 1 tonight.
0: Well, it seemed like for the Celtics, after Game 5, things really shifted because that was the game that it felt like it was just taken away from the Celtics. Mm -hmm. Everybody's on their feet. You have the Al Horford dunk. And then somehow or another, you look back up and they lose that game. I think I was shocked. I'm sure you were shocked. All of TD Martin was shocked. And so this game seven, it felt like it had a little extra pizzazz added to it because those Celtics fans felt robbed that they didn't get game five.
2: Oh, yeah, they definitely felt robbed that this team didn't win game five. And just like you said, the Celtics, they should have won game five. And they know that. I mean, Marcus Smart, he said that after the game, he felt guilty coming out of game five, which is why he kind of went into game six just with a different type of energy and desperation. And you saw that in that game when they went on the road in Milwaukee and won that one. And then they knew coming back inside of TD Garden in order to close out this series, they had to go in there and win that game they came in there with a different intensity and and one thing i want people to also you know understand about this team is that they've been faced with adversity All season long. Like this is something that, you know, you know, that they kind of live in that space. They kind of thrive in that space of adversity. And so when that game was taken away from them in game five, that was almost like their sweet spot. And I know it sounds weird to say that, but that sweet spot of being faced with adversity and having your back against the wall. It's almost like they're comfortable in that position and they love to kind of come back and prove everybody wrong. And that's what they did in game seven. And that's
0: really described the Celtics' season. They have faced adversity. Things were not going well the first half of the season. They found a way to come together, especially on the defensive end, and they've turned this thing around. And now the only thing that stands in between the Celtics and the the championship finals are the Miami Heat, and then it will mm-hmm. either be the Mavs or the Suns. To me, I think that this Heat matchup is a little bit easier than the Bucks matchup. I mean, they had to go through the Nets that have – Kyrie and KD and then they have to face the defending champs that also have, by the way, Giannis, the best player in the NBA right now. Now they face a Miami team that's certainly good, no question. But to me, Mm -hmm. this is a step back. What do you think?
2: I think this is actually going to be a tougher series for them. I think it's going to be tougher just because Miami is well coached. Obviously Eric Spoelstra, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best coaches the NBA has seen. And then you also have Jimmy Butler who's clicking on all cylinders. Like he's going to go out there and get his, but don't forget, you know, this Miami Heat team is very deep as well. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Max Strus is out there putting up numbers as well. Bam Adebayo, that big body in the post, being in the paint. That's going to be a huge presence for the Celtics, too, once they go against them in game one. So I actually think that the Celtics facing the Miami Heat is going to be a little bit more of a difficult task because when you take a look at the Bucs, they were missing Chris Middleton. And you saw in that series, although the Celtics, they went back and forth and it was a heavyweight battle between the Bucs and the Celtics. You know, the Bucs really missed Chris Middleton in the offense that he provided for that team all season long. It's going to be a completely different story with this Miami Heat team. This is a team that pays attention to detail. They know their personnel. They're going to be prepared down to a T. And, you know, Ime Adoka and all the guys on the Celtics roster, they know that. They're up against a different beast in the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Well, and the other thing the Heat have to their advantage, especially tonight, we're recording this on Tuesday. By the time you listen to this, we'll already know the results of the game. But as they head into game one in Miami tonight, they have less rest than this Heat team. Mm-hmm. They just came off an emotional game seven. They have injuries that they're dealing with. Marcus smart, he's questionable as we record this right now. Um Time Lord, Robert Williams, we don't know what's going on with him. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't play tonight. How are the Celtics going to be able to flip that page so quickly after coming off an emotional Game 7?
2: That's one of my biggest concerns, too, coming into game one is the fact that the Celtics, they've come off of a series where they've really had to put so much energy into it. Going all seven games like that's tough. That's tough on your body. You mentioned Marcus Smart being questionable before tonight's game, game one and the Miami Heat. They've been resting. They had, what, about four or five days to just kind of, you know, hang out, let their body kind of recover and everything like that. And I was listening to Grant Williams yesterday during an interview talking about, you know, just the rest and the fact that they've got to turn around and do it all over again. It's funny because... The guys on the Celtics team, they're just mentally prepared for it. You ask them and you see them in the media. You see them after the game. You see them during shoot around. And they say, look, you know, this is what we signed up for. This is the postseason. It's the playoffs. And, you know, we're not going to get as much rest as, you know, we might want, but we got to go out there and handle business. But I will say, Megan, that is a huge concern for me, knowing that your body is all banged up, especially Grant Williams trying to guard Giannis the entire series. Like he was taking some, some really, really mean hits in this series and the turnaround and try and do it again in game one against the Miami Heat, I think that's going to be something to pay attention to for sure. Al Horford was
0: no with without question, he was the star of the series between the Celtics and the Bucs. But Grant Williams stepped up big time in game seven, and it was contributions from Grant Williams, from Peyton Pritchard. He had mm-hmm. an excellent performance in game seven that really helped the Celtics team win that game. Who's it going to be in the series against the Heat?
2: Oh, it's going to take everybody. But I mean, I expect Jason Tatum to have a big series against the Miami Heat. And I, I almost think back to the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble back in 2020 when, you know, the Celtics were playing the Miami Heat. And I've had this conversation with a couple of people and just how Jason Tatum has really evolved from that time To right now. And I think that they're facing a different version of Jason Tatum, a more aggressive Jason Tatum, a Jason Tatum that can get, you know, his teammates involved. That's also playing some good defense as well. So I think that's really interesting heading into game one. I remember actually covering the Miami Heat at that time. And I was more so paying attention to Miami when they played that series against the Celtics. And I was like, okay, the Celtics are just not ready to play, you know, this version of the Miami Heat. Now, this time around, this rematch and this this new version of Jason Tatum, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits a totally different level. And then also, Jalen Brown. We haven't really seen a game where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have come out and be the superstars and really willed this team to a win. I think this is a series where we're going to be able to see that.
0: You're absolutely right. This, I mean, it's a lot of the same players coming back to face the Miami Heat. And the Celtics, it's totally Mm -hmm. different because it's not in the bubble. And this is why the Celtics went out and got a guy like Jason Tatum. This is why they got a guy like Brown, so that they could develop and be the cornerstones of their franchise. And that's what we've seen. We've seen big contributions out of Tatum and big contributions out of Brown. Never really at the same time, but once it happens, Mm -hmm. look out. Um, Mm -hmm. So we talked... On our last podcast, I had Dave Damashek on, um, and we talked last time with you about Deuce Tatum, and I gave a little bit of marketing advice to the Tatum family that we need to hear Deuce talk because we see him (laughs) all the time. I'm the biggest Deuce Tatum fan. This is what I am most interested in about these NBA playoffs. Deuce Tatum evolving as a star. He finally took the microphone. He finally spoke at a press conference I think there's a lot of room to grow, but what was your impression of Deuce's microphone debut?
2: I'm not going to lie. I was actually sitting inside a TD garden watching that press conference live, and I was sitting on the edge of my seat because I'm like, I'm like wait a minute are we gonna get words out of Deuce Tatum after a game is he gonna take the mic and say something and he basically said what I was thinking I'm ready to go to the pool you know like (laughs) let me know like what the weather is like down in Miami so I'm looking at my boss and I'm just like look Deuce Tatum's already making his plans for Miami can we take this show on the road like I'm trying to follow in his footsteps but I would say that Deuce Tatum he absolutely killed it at the podium the fans had been waiting to hear from him and he delivered he delivered a little bit of room to grow but you know, it's Deuce Tatum. So everyone's going to love anything that he says at the mic.
0: So you're not in Miami or you're not taking the show on the road just yet, Mm -hmm. but do you have access to these press conferences? Are we what? Do do you, are you in the press conference? Like, can you ask a Deuce a question for us? I mean, don't say it's for us, but let's get this going.
2: Actually, so we're we're actually inside the concourse area. So we're not even downstairs in the press room area. But I do have some people down there. I can slide some questions if you have some for me. And okay, I'll, uh, yeah,
0: I'm gonna send you the questions. I'll make sure I send them to them. gonna to make them. Deuce become a star all through this podcast. Okay, Amina. Before we let you go, I need to hear your prediction. Celtics Heat. How many games? What
2: are we looking at? Oh, man, this is so tough. I'm like, because I feel like this series is so even between the Celtics and the Heat. I feel like it's going to go all seven games, just the coaching matchup, also the player matchups. I'll say Celtics in seven in the Eastern Conference finals. And hopefully, fingers crossed, this Celtics team goes to the NBA finals. Because, I look, I said this back, I want to say about a month ago. I said that if the Celtics get past the Bucks. They're going to the NBA Finals. That was was my automatic thought. So I'm going seven-game series between the Celtics and the Heat, and the Celtics take the series.
0: Like you, I think it's also going seven. I think they lose game one. It will be dramatic. There will be a turnaround. But I think the Celtics are a better team than the Heat. And I also think it plays out pretty nice, because if the Mavs can find a way to sneak sneak past Golden State, I like Mm -hmm. the Celtics against the Mavs, although you never know with Luka. So I don't want to count the chickens before they hatch. But... It's going to be a great series. And I think, you know, we saw, I never thought that the Mavs would get past them. The Celtics mm-hmm. and the Bucks was an entertaining series. So this NBA playoffs so far has not disappointed. Amina, thank you so much for joining us on Making Fun of Sports. Thank you. All right, Eddie. Amina's awesome. She's really the best. Um, I'm happy that we were able to have, have her back on because when we first had her, I was kind of like, oh, the Celtics going to get past the Nets. And they did so without a problem. They swept them and... You know there were a couple moments, especially after Game Five. I didn't think that they would advance to the conference finals, but here we are. So thank you to Amina for coming on. Eddie, what's your take on this series?
1: Well, well I, I mean, yeah, thanks again for Amina for coming on. And I, you know, it's funny, like just thinking about it, like preseason. If you're like, oh, the Nets, I mean, the Celtics are going to go in and they're going to beat the Nets in a series, and they're going to go beat the Bucks in a series. You're like, well, that team, this Celtics team is going to win the title because uh, it's it's just two, beating two these two teams that were the favorites basically for the East to bet on. Uh, I'm sure the 76ers, got their odds are pretty high up at, at some point too. But the the Katie Kyrie Nets, and then you go and beat Giannis, be the arguably the best player in the league. It's it's mm-hmm. incredible, which is kind of like why as a non select support I do want to see them succeed because I think just overcoming the obvious and NBA kind of has that issue lately of. The same old, same old win. So I'd love to see this uh, this young Celtics team with the first-year coach go win there. And I think, uh, in terms of betting, I, like I said, I, you bet the Celtics in this one, I think, 2-1. After three games, bet that also on FanDuel. But I, I do like the Celtics to win this. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to the finals. We'll, we'll see that on the other side. But I think right now, I think you feel pretty good about betting the the Cs.
0: Yeah. Uh, the C- I have to bet the Cs because of marriage. So I <laughs> – I have to. I'm legally obligated. But actually, in my vows for my wedding, I, I told my husband that I would always root for the Celtics. So now I have to. I mean, I will root for the Bulls when they're playing the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But if the Bulls are out, it's it's Celtics. I've actually I've become a fan. I, I have. I know. I was listening to Boston uh, Sports Talk Radio yesterday, which is a time in itself, if you've never done that. I don't know if I recommend it, but it's an experience. Um, Felger was on there, and he was going on about, like, oh, you can't be a fan of this, you can't be a fan of that. I don't have any rules for fans. Like, be a fan of whoever you want to be a fan of. Because he was saying, like, oh, I moved here to Boston, so I'm not a Celtics fan because I'm from Milwaukee. You know, I'm from Chicago, and I love my White Sox. I love them. I love them. I really like the Bulls. I don't love them as much as I like the White Sox. I'm not a Bears fan. I've become a Patriots fan. You know, like, root for whoever you want. Life is weird. It takes you on all these twists and turns. I don't think you can necessarily – there's not, like, a, a handbook that says you have to be a fan of the teams. Where you're
1: well, playing. and also you're allowed to recognize just great sport feats. Like, again, like, I'm a Knicks fan. I have no love towards the, the city of Boston's their, – their teams – but I could also recognize like what the Celtics did beating a team like the Bucs. And that's like I just said. These are two teams that most people are picking to represent the East. And they have these megastars in their team, like all-time NBA players. And this is no shot against Jason Tatum, who's a very fine player himself. He is a, a star. But maybe not on the level of Giannis or, or KD, you know, when fully healthy. And, and, and you can also add Kyrie in so there as well. You can say
0: that to me. If I, if I said that to my husband, he'd be like, Stop! Oh, Tatum is still nineteen. Yeah,
1: no, he's gonna. He's. I mean, he's well on his way. But I'm in, just in terms of star power and all that. Like nobody, I think people would call you crazy if you said preseason Celtics are going to be above those teams in the series. And I, I as a sports fan, just who, who loves to see these things happen, I can say that is something incredible that happened. They won these two things, and they all and it makes you almost feel like they deserve to go further because of what they accomplished. So, uh, yeah, there's no rules on on being a sports fan, or at least recognizing some great sports moments.
0: Root for whoever you want. Shut up, Boston Sports Radio. I'm just kidding. I, I listen to them, even though sometimes it's not It's not I good. I work for them. You did. You did yeah, work for yeah, them. You yeah. worked for the Felger and the Mass. Yes, um, I did. Sometimes if I miss Boston, I just listen so I can hear the calls. And then I hear a couple of Boston accents, and then I'm good, and I turn it off. Um, okay, so your Mavs, because Eddie gave out that pick about three, four weeks ago, that he liked the Mavs as a sleeper. They advanced against the Suns, and man, this game seven was a letdown. We were all excited. Oh, it's the best thing in sports. Game seven, game seven. And we had a great one with, well, I don't know. If, yeah, the Celtics, that game was great. It was entertaining until the end. They were like 20 points up with three minutes to go. Then, Then we were done with it. Mm-hmm. But man, the next game, the Suns against the Mavs. Woof! Luca had as many points as the entire Suns team at the half with 27 points. This was a complete blowout. We all thought this was the year that Chris Paul was going to win a championship, and he just did not show up. And it wasn't only him. Booker didn't show up either. Aiton got benched. No one really knows why he got benched. Apparently, there's some internal conflict But the headline that comes out of this is Chris Paul says that he's not retiring because he's addicted to the NBA finals, (laughs) which is hilarious to come out and say that you're addicted to the finals after you score just 10 points in a game seven that could advance your team to the Western Conference Finals.
1: Chris Paul is now heading on the path of getting close to being like one of the all-time greats who never won. When you throw out the names like Charles Barkley, you throw out like, mm-hmm. you know, Dan Marino in the NFL. I think Chris Paul is well on his way. He's just a guy that snaked it, but could have the great, you know, statistical career. Obviously all the top players in the league love him, LeBron being one. Uh, you know, he's part of that great draft that came out. It just, it just seems like it's never going to work out for him. And earlier in the year, you could, you know, the Suns obviously have Devin Booker and you mentioned Aiden, you have these great players there obviously coach of the year as well, so they have all the pieces you would think and uh, I guess to the credit of the NBA, even though I just said the opposite of the NBA kind of being very predictable, it's been less than that this year which is kind of why I also like the Mavericks and I did put a, a bet down on the Grizzlies that lost, but I think that yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know now with all these other other teams emerging. If like, look, if if Luka and the Mavericks, like, and Jason Kidd did a great job. I know he didn't win Coach of the Year, but he should have been in the conversation. And a lot of these guys came out of the blue for the Mavs. You have them. You have the Warriors who are going to be a mainstay. Um, you know, it, it's just the path is never easy it's never a sure thing and if there is some internal drama with the Suns it just seems like they need like one more piece like another wingman or something to help them out but I'm, I'm not sure if Chris Paul will ever, ever see the the promised land unfortunately for him
0: so you think your Mavs are gonna advance
1: well look I bet on the Grizzlies uh that loss but uh, maybe you feel different but if the Grizzlies and you're a supporter if job ja was healthy the full Grizzlies team like I feel like that series could have it could have looked a little bit different. The Warriors Warriors aren't the same team as the past. They're very good. But I think Luke is the best player right now.
0: I think it was game five when it was the first game without jaw. Now Mm -hmm. jaw, he he has a a bone bruise. I believe it is. Yes.
1: yes.
0: They went off and they like golden state was nowhere within reach. So it makes you wonder, is this team better without jaw? I don't think they, they are, but they can win without jaw. They made that clear throughout the season. Right. But I was, it raised an eyebrow when they said that Ja will likely be out for the remainder of the playoffs because the injury seemed like it was something that a player could play through. Mm -hmm. And the Grizzlies chose to not push it because I think they knew they're not getting past Golden State. Which was weird because some of the games when you'd watch them be like, oh, they could, they have the potential. I thought. I do get nervous with the way Ja plays. And I think I said it on this podcast here before. I have a lot of PTSD with Derek Rose because he was in Chicago and he was just phenomenal. And he's a player that was almost too athletic for his own body. He ended up getting so hurt and Ja plays kind of similarly yeah, yeah. to Derek Rose. And I think he's somebody that you have to really make some hard decisions about when he's going to play and when he's going to sit, because just, What he does to his body, the way he drives into the paint, these unbelievably athletic moves. He's a smaller guy, 6'2", maybe 6'3". He's not huge, but he can jump out of the building. I think they got to be careful with him, and they know that this wasn't their year, so I think that's one of the reasons they they sat him. Now, I have no inside information. I don't know. That's just what I think
1: well uh hopefully for your sake as a as a jaw supporter he has a career similar to uh like a dwayne Wade who played a similar style as well that would get banged up especially later on in his career or at least he won some titles so maybe Jaw yes. could have that that luck um but I, and, and actually another good point too talking about the you know the Chris Paul thing will ever reach it again having the Memphis Grizzlies is gonna be around too with Jaw when healthy but um and then, yeah it was it wasn't game one also like a two- point game so i I mean like yeah, the Grizzlies could have been in it. So back to Luca and, and winning, he has like that just that killer instinct. You uh, know, in and I was like watching that game, like that one, like that crossover step back three, and just like stare the guys down. He's like smiling at players. Like he he's a he's a killer on the court. He's the best player I think going right now in the in the, the in the NBA. So I. I'm, I guess I'm smarter in a sense that I put that – I said that to, to the place that bad because I think if there was a year, the Warriors would be, I guess, beatable. I think it's now. I think Luka's is hot. Jason Kidd's doing a great job. Like I said, they have – it seems like the Mavericks have, like, just the perfect guys doing their role on that team. So, I, I think that it definitely could be – and the, to me, the Grizzlies showed that they are beatable. So, I think that, yeah, the Mavericks, uh, I think they could do it.
0: I think the Mavs can too, but I kind of hope it's uh, Celtics, Golden State. Because as I've said so many times in the show, the number one storyline I'm interested in is Juice Tatum, and we could just see him completely take the crown from Riley. Curry.
1: I think nationally, people probably want that. I think Luca.
0: The networks definitely yeah, want yeah, that. Yeah,
1: which stinks because like Luca is a big star, but I think unfortunately, Raymond is like the the you know I mean Steph Curry is probably you can't argue with Steph Curry how popular he is. So I think that's definitely what they want. Although it's funny is that um, the, another Mavericks Heat Finals because that's the only the only time the Mavericks have, have won has been versus the Heat which would be another uh series of that but I, I think I'm probably I'd i I'd, I'd go just based on my the what I've said bet wise uh I think Celtics Mavericks but I think yeah nationally America would love a uh, Steph Curry versus uh the Boston Celtics
0: so if you want to put in a bet for the NBA finals MVP here's what we got Steph Curry plus 210 Jason Tatum plus 270 I like that a lot Jimmy Butler plus 550. Luca plus 700. I'm putting that in as soon as we get off the air. And um, Thompson plus 1600 green plus... Well, nineteen.
1: Think what ha- if this is right now? Like the the betting odds for Luca. Imagine if they make if the Maverick. That, that's basically saying we don't think the Mavericks are going to make the finals. Yeah. That's why there's a if. So Luka- let's
0: bet it now.
1: If they make the finals, it's going to be. I mean, it's of course he's going to get the MVP. Well, that's
0: why we're here yeah. to give everybody these bet. little cheats. Yeah. So that's a great bet. I mean, all of these really are like. I might throw a couple bucks on each and every one. That's I like would say
1: perfect. Tatum. Tatum is almost the same exact thing for the Celtics. If they make the finals, uh, obviously they they still think they will based on this number over the Heat. Yeah. But once the Celtics actually do make it, his number is going to be a pretty bad number. So I think right now, also bet on Tatum. So I think plus those are two. Two seventy
0: and yeah. plus seven hundred. Tatum is plus two seventy. Luca is plus seven hundred. Warriors. Really is, like the
1: Blake. Warriors group is tough because I could see it could really yeah. go to three or four players on that on that that team. You could probably say Steph, but I think there's an that team is the one that has the options of multiple guys. I think Heat, maybe Jimmy Butler, but I I think the Warriors is the toughest one to bet out of those, but I think Luca Luca is the bet to make, for sure.
0: Plus 700? Yeah, heck yeah. We we could buy a Malibu house if we hit this thing (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, we put everything into that bet, yeah.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Drew Brees, come on over. We're playing pickleball. Okay, we'll close out with some baseball talk. Athletes, people, anybody applying for a job, anybody who wants to accomplish anything in life, please, Please just go back and look through your Twitter. There's little apps that you can download that clean up your Twitter accounts and then you won't end up like Nestor Cortez. His old tweets resurface and he leaves he leaves Twitter because he had some racist slurs come out on Twitter. Apparently it was old song lyrics. Lyrics, yeah. This happens all the time and this is not new. Like I know people are like, "Oh, it's a new age of social media." Like this was this Five, ten years ago, okay, but now it's like, guys, come on, everything is google I mean, my, high, my college coach used to always tell me, because I had a terrible running career in college, it was great in high school, sucked in college, and when I'd be pissed after a race, she'd be like, listen, bad races happen, but the results live online forever, and she's right, they fucking do, so delete your goddamn tweets, people.
1: That, I mean... This could also be another Megan's uh, more of the week, too, because like whoever is exposing Nestor and maybe I'm biased Yankees fan. And look, I'm not trying to give him a free pass. Obviously, you, uh, do everything you said. Clean it up. First of all, just don't tweet that stuff. I don't think Nestor meant any harm by it because he was just tweeting out lyrics. And uh, he seemed like the most fun loving guy ever. And he did the right thing. He just deleted his Twitter. He's like, I don't want to be a bad influence. Like everything he said about it after the fact was just spot on. Like, good job of cleaning it up. I think hopefully this news story will pass and people will f- kind of forget about it. But, like, uh, as a Yankees fan, watching Nestor Cortez become, like, I mean, the is like a one ERA. He's un- unbelievable for the most unassuming athlete you could probably ever see the guy with his, like, mustache. He's a little chubby, a little overweight guy. Uh, he's just so fun to watch him. Mean, even, like, in the dugout, he-, he has this thing going on where he, like, just eats apples, like, while mm-hmm. standing on the, on the, uh, next to the bench there. I mean, he's just, like, the coolest guy. So, like, whoever's going after him and trying to expose him, like, I don't know why people have to do that. Like, yeah, people are dumb. They're young. They're in high school, college. They make dumb mistakes. Like, stop trying to expose people. Like, what do you get out of it? Like, he's not a bad guy. He's he's a great story to, to follow in baseball, on baseball's best team. Like, I, I just, I'm, again, I could be biased as a Yankee fan, but just leave people. It goes for any athlete. Leave him alone. It's, it, the guy, was he was young and stupid doing lyrics. So like, it, it, let him, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's a, it's a weird move.
0: The cancel calls. will come from any for anyone. I mean, yeah. they could come for me. They could come for you. They could come for literally anyone. Your Yankees beat up pretty bad on my White Sox this weekend, but um, still early.
1: Oh, still yeah. early. I'm, I'm not gonna get too caught up in May baseball. I think your team's gonna be fine.
0: I think so too. Um, Albert Pujols made a pitching appearance for the Cardinals. Do we think other sports should swap? This I, I, was I think it would be about- really funny if like they let the kicker throw one pass. In a meaningless game that might be kind of fun, right?
1: We've seen punters, th- yeah. Johnny Hecker comes to mind, a guy throwing passes, but I feel like this happens in baseball so well. It's like that's the weird thing with baseball is like they're so afraid of overusing pitches or just even mm-hmm. using pitchers, even throwing a few pitches because everything they do, even if you throw 10 pitches, it's like, well, you're throwing, you can't throw for the next day because they have these guys on these counts and they have them on which day, which batters, all this nonsense. Baseball pitchers are the most cowed group. In sports oh, right now. God. So they're like, all right, fat Albert Pools, please come in here. By the way, if you watch that game too where he pitched, like the he is the slowest guy in all of sports. Yeah. Um, but he they put him on the mound and his ERA is like 36. Obviously giving up runs, whatever. But it's like I, I don't I don't love the idea of like oh the, these pitches are so important we can't use them. Let's just throw in our our like DH or our, throw in our first baseman just to waste time in there. It's like it makes the game weird and also it's yeah, like it that.
0: doesn't help a struggling sport. It, yeah,
1: it no. does, yeah. And you're and you're just the over the, the coddling of the pitchers is just it's insane to me. But not to make this more of a, a fun conversation. But like I'm sure guys in hockey have played goalie a little bit growing up. If you're getting blown out seven nothing. And you want to just take out the goalie and maybe have a backup injury, they could probably do that, put the pads on. Um, But, like, yeah, then yours is a good one of of punters or kickers throwing passes. But we don't see enough swapping. I guess you really can't do it in, in the NBA, but enough swapping, like, totally different positions. Like, we don't, we'll never see pitchers play infield like they just, again like no. it's one of those weird things that like pitchers are on this level by themselves of like well you can't do what we do but we're not going to waste them time because they're too important so have albert doing that is to me it's, it's such a it's it's so weird
0: well i remember playing softball growing up and maybe it's because i like attention but i always wanted to be a pitcher just because like you know you're you're the star you're the center of attention mm-hmm. but i felt like so many people wanted to be pitchers so we'd all have to to rotate like that but um
1: Cornerbacks yeah, and receivers too. Like uh, every college, like we like college football. Like the, you, you could, how many, every guy that plays receiver probably played cornerback for his high school team and yeah. maybe even early on in his college career. Like, we could have some guys, uh, you know, play both sides of the ball. You know, Charles Woodson comes to mind too from ways, ways ago. Like that could happen. That could be, that would be fun to see that. But it, it's, yeah, my disdain for pitchers in current day baseball is uh, obviously pretty, pretty obvious right now. What I didn't
0: realize, but I was watching the White Sox last night, and they said on the broadcast how down velocity is for fastballs this season. Mm-hmm. I think the top guys are topping out at like ninety four.
1: No spring training, a little oral short in spring training. They're not fully healthy, yet, which is kind of what I said like, when I defended Garrett Cole back a bit. Like that, I was yeah. did put them off. Um, they're not pitching tons of innings at all. They're getting blown out. They're getting pulled out way, way, way early. Where it's like not even enjoyable going to these games. It's all these bullpen matchups and just kills time. It's there's so many issues. Um, when with baseball and then adding to that is like the, the balls are, are the most dead balls ever. Um, uh, you know, with the Yankees, their home run hitters, John Carlos, Stanton, and Aaron judge, they're like velocity, their exit velocity on these, the, what they're hitting is incredible. And if they weren't at that, such of a high rate, like the, they're, you know, leading, league in home runs, they wouldn't have those home runs because of how dead these balls are. It's it's, I mean, baseball stinks. It just stinks.
0: I know it's so sad, but I do have some really exciting news for all of the fans who care um, especially those White Sox fans out there. I love, love, love the White Sox. 2005 was the best year of my life because that's when they won it all. And about three weeks ago, I was on my phone and I got a little Twitter notification and it turns out Ozzie Gian followed me on Twitter, which oh. is a top five moment in my life, just him following me alone. But now, whenever you get like those specific followers on Twitter, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I think in the back of my head, like, oh, shoot, like... Ozzy saw I tweeted this or like Schefter saw I tweeted this. I better be careful, which um, it it does creep in my head every now and then that Ozzy is watching me. But before we found out that Megan Gailey was going to come back so early, I was considering sliding into his DMS. I think Megan might be able to be the one to talk me into doing it. But um, Ozzy Ian could be a guest on the show in the near future.
1: That would be absolutely incredible. He was a part of, uh, like he's, the most electric coach you could find. I don't know why
0: play. he followed me. He follows like 53 people and I'm one of them.
1: <laughs> maybe he, he knows you're a White Sox supporter. Maybe he likes. Maybe he's a wrestling fan. Maybe he likes the, you know. Uh, he likes oh, me, I hope he, he's he, a he wrestling fan. No, yeah. I would love to have him on. The game was awesome. He's an he's a, a electric personality. He would be an all-time guest.
0: Ooh, I think I have to do it. Even if he doesn't answer, it's like, at least I tried, right?
1: But I will – well, yes, but I also, too, don't – if you overthink what you're tweeting, like, just let it fly. Like, don't worry about what Ozzy looks like. Just don't think about Ozzy. Don't change who you are because that's how you got Ozzy in the first place.
0: (gasps) I know. Wow. It really is – it's quite the moment. Just childhood me would really, really lose my mind. Okay. So – you guys, this was a really fun show, but before we go, I just have a little tiny request for all of you, and hopefully we can make this into a segment. So, Megan comes back next week. We can't wait, and I'm sure everybody has a million questions for her baby questions, questions about breastfeeding, questions about whatever they are. Um, DM them to Extra Points, the Twitter, but don't say why. Just like, just don't set up the question. Just ask a question about breastfeeding or ask a question about childbirth, and then we're not going to tell Sal. We're not going to tell Dave. We're not going to tell anybody. This is a, a little secret between all of us girls here and Eddie. And we want to get their reaction to see what these are. Eddie, don't spoil it. Oh, no. Don't tell them. I'm still trapped. Um, I just really want them to all have to read questions about childbirth. So, and then we'll ask Megan those questions on the show. It'll be a little fun game that we play.
1: That is awesome. Uh, I love this idea. I will gather all those questions. I'm also going to be laughing very hard when these when they come into the, uh, the EP uh, Twitter handle and no one knows what's going on. Yes, please
0: do it. You guys have to do it. The most ridiculous questions that you can come up with that relate to, I don't know why I keep saying breastfeeding. I'm like obsessed with the idea of breast milk. I want to know what it tastes like. That's also really weird, but I just, I want to know. So, anyways, do that. Do it a million times. Make burner accounts. Message the account at at Extra Points. And while you're doing that, make sure you follow the account on Twitter if you're not already doing so. Head on over to Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, ExtraPoints.com. Get your Megan Funnel Sports t-shirts. You saw Harry wearing one of those. And I think that's going to be it for us. We will see you guys next week with our girl Megan
2: Gailey back.